Hey friends, Happy New Year! I was going to call this episode, This Is Us, or God's GPS, or Here Comes Everybody, but I decided instead to call it God's Name. Get yourself a Bible, your coffee, and let me tell you why. So a few more characters have arrived at our creche. The nativity scene here, we have a couple of shepherds that have arrived. In the time of Jesus, they were the lowest of the low. They were dirty, rough-looking, not all that cultured, didn't know too much about etiquette. But yet, they were the ones who were told, first, the good news of the birth of Jesus. Interestingly enough, these particular shepherds who were in the fields outside of Bethlehem, they were looking after the lambs that were used in the temple sacrifice. And so God reveals the good news of the birth of his son to them, and they come, they come to visit he who is the true Lamb of God who has come to take away the sins of the world, your sins and mine. So go and look at Luke's gospel today and break it up into a verse or two at a time and look at some pretty key words. And the first verse that we have is uh, verse 16. It says that the shepherds went with haste. Now that is a verb we have heard a few times in the season of Advent and in this uh, Christmas season. They went with haste. It's not an anxious kind of scurrying around panicky kind of mode, kind of pillar to post, running around like a chicken with no head on or whatever. It is a intentional, direct, purposeful movement. They knew the news that was given to them. They wanted to go and see for themselves. And so they're just on the go. They're not allowing other things in the world, other things in life to distract them, things which may in and of themselves be good, but it really was not their intention, their purpose. And so, do I live my own life with this sense of haste? Not a hurried, panicky, disorganized chaos, but this intentional haste. I know what it is that God's asking me to do. I know where I need to go one thing at a time. God, what would you have me do today? God, guide my, my steps, my direction today. And that is to live one's life with this haste, this intentional, purposeful direction about living our life in conformity with the will of God. They arrive at the manger and the gospel says they found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. Now, the reason I was thinking initially of calling this episode God's GPS is because, well, how, how did they find the manger? They're to hold the good news. They have this appearance of angels giving them the good news. And then they go with haste to Bethlehem. How did they find the manger? Well, as I've said in an earlier episode, you go with the prophet Jeremiah. The Lord says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will indeed find me. And so do I have a heart? The shepherds had a heart to seek, to encounter, to find the Lord to see for themselves this good news, do I have a heart that seeks to find Jesus? 
And the Lord that you and I serve is much, very capable, much more able to meet us more than halfway on the journey to encountering himself. But I want to have this heart. Lord Jesus, give me a heart that seeks to encounter and find you. And we will indeed find him because Jesus wants to be found. He wants us to find him so that we can tap into his grace that he's offering to us freely for a life of holiness, for life of this intentional purpose and direction according to the mission and the vocation that he has for us in our life. So they go with haste, they find Mary and Joseph and the child, and they relay to Mary and Joseph and perhaps others of this experience they had with the angels. And the gospel says, all were amazed at what was told to them. Them. Why doesn't it just say Mary and Joseph were amazed at what they heard? All were amazed, which got me thinking, and I'm just proposing this as a thought, were there perhaps others there besides the shepherds? Now we just portray the shepherds having arrived here today these two, these two guys actually look pretty, uh, pretty appropriately attired. <laughs> they look pretty good. One guy, one guy's got uh, looks like he has, looks like he has skinny jeans on. So <laughs> he's like this hipster shepherd that shows up in Bethlehem. But were there perhaps others there? Maybe they arrived at the same time. Maybe they arrived a bit later. Did they also hear the good news that was proclaimed from the skies uh, by the angels? and journey towards Bethlehem, journey towards the manger. We're soon to celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, that is the arrival of the three wise men. So others did arrive, they, they came to the manger. And so the shepherds are testifying to their own experience and the people who heard it were amazed. You know, the shepherds, again, going back to their social status, being the lowest of the low, they knew where to find poor people. They knew where to hang out with the people who themselves were as needy and hungry and as wanting as they were because they were not self-reliant. They weren't relying on their own creativity, charm, personality, intellect, you know, good looks, whatever, family connections. They were hungry and they wanted to discover the true bread of life, which is what it means to evangelize. One hungry person showing another hungry person where the bread is. So they relay to Mary and Joseph and those who were there uh, the good news that they had heard. Hence my initial thought of calling this episode, here comes everybody. <laughs> they're all gonna they're all gonna show up. Like this this manger scene here is gonna get pretty crowded. Wait wait till the camels arrive at Epiphany. That's gonna get really really cramped. But anyway, the the shepherds have this experience they and the gospel says they returned. They returned glorifying and praising God. They have met Jesus and nothing in their life can stay the same. As I've said in earlier episodes, when I come to have an encounter with Jesus and know that he is my friend, everything changes. On the Feast of the Epiphany, we hear about the three wise men who returned to their own country by a different road. I'm not going to say too much about that 
because I'm, this is not an epiphany homily, this is a New Year's Day homily, but they return by a different road. And these shepherds, they are now in a life-giving and a life-changing relationship. They have discovered their mission. They have discovered their vocation in encountering Christ. And when you and I come before the Lord, whether it is in Eucharistic adoration, whether it's at Mass, whether it's our personal prayer at home with Scripture, or whether it's kneeling before our own nativity, manger, creche scene at home or at church, we can discover God's unique individual call for our life, his vocation, his mission for us, which is fundamentally, regardless of who we are, where we come from, to tell others about him. These shepherds went back to their fields, and their field now became a mission field. Pretty good, eh? Write that down. Write, <laughs> write that down. Their field became a mission field. They went back to where they came from. So many times we have these spiritual experiences, you know, on the mountaintop, and we're like, Peter, why can't I just stay here? We have to go back to the valley. The shepherds had to go back to their fields, but those fields were transformed. And they saw those places as opportunities to proclaim the name of Jesus, to share with others who they had encountered, which is Jesus. Interestingly enough, this gospel passage has what seems to be this kind of added on little FYI at the end. This is verse 21. FYI that, oh yeah, we circumcised Jesus and we gave him the name Jesus. You think, well, what's that got to do with the shepherds? Well, there's no superfluous words in scripture. Just because we may not initially understand, like, why is this here? We don't just skip over it or jettison it. We take some time and we prayerfully consider it. He was called Jesus. And that's why I named this episode God's name. We are told God's name. And when we know someone by name, we enter into a closer relationship with them. As this window of opportunity is opened for us to discover more about who they are. I was blessed at one time to be a chaplain at the Catholic Chaplaincy at York University in Toronto, a campus of 50,000 students. And I made the intentional goal of learning as many names as possible of the students, not, not 50,000, but as many of the students as possible who frequented the chaplaincy. That's the direction that Father Bob Bedard, the founder of our community, the Companions of the Cross, would always give us, get to know people by name. And so on one occasion, I saw this fellow coming down the hallway, surrounded by people going all different kind of directions, and I called him by name, Cedric. Cedric was his name from Mauritius. So Cedric, if you're watching this episode, God bless your day. Anyway, you call him by name, and he's like, whoa, like, like follow around knows my name. Like, he, I, whoa, like I'm just not some number, anonymous face in, in a sea of humanity going from one classroom to the next. So when I know someone by name, it means, first of all, I want to know who you are. I'm taking the time to remember or jot down uh, your name. And so God tells us his name. He takes on human flesh and his name is 
Jesus. And so he wants us, in knowing his name, he wants us to know him personally. I don't need GPS to find Jesus. If I have a heart that desires to encounter him, believe me, he will. He is more than able of meeting me much more than halfway on the journey. And I get to know him personally. He knows me personally. And there's this well-worn well out path between himself and me that we journey back and forth frequently to be together. Mary, the gospel says, treasured all these things. She pondered them in her heart. And my encouragement to us today is that we do the same. Take some time today just to ponder the reality that God took on our human flesh to save us from sin. That I can know Jesus personally. I know his name. He wants to know me. He wants me to find him and he allowed himself to be found. And when I have this encounter with him, which is pure gift, my life changes. My life changes. It doesn't mean that things get easier. It just means that I know that I'm in living in conformity with his will for my life. I want that. I want his mercy. I want his forgiveness. I want his transforming power in the grace of his Holy Spirit. And I receive that into my life today. There is here in Canada a French Canadian tradition of fathers blessing their families at the beginning of the new year. And I, being your spiritual father, as members of this Sipping on the Sabbath family, I want to bestow a blessing upon you as we begin this new year. And I'm going to use the words of our first reading today from the Book of Numbers. Put my coffee here down. Put my coffee down. Make sure I don't spill it. Okay. So, book of Numbers, Numbers uh, chapter 6, verses 24 to 26. So, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, there you go. <laughs> God bless your day. Happy New Year. Stay caffeinated. And remember, when we're powerless, that's when we are strong and victory is indeed gained through surrender. Bye-bye.